Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. It's a great day. Matter of fact, it's a day that the Lord has made. Are we rejoicing? Are we glad that we're in it? Oh, praise God. Well, today, we're going to continue with our series. And the, the, the interesting thing is that each, each, each week, or for the next couple of weeks, what we're doing is just giving you something to think about. Now, when I say think about, you already know that when I first introduced the series, I said that this year is a year that we want our New Year's resolutions or whatever we, our goals, we want them to succeed. And the way that we can have them succeed is that what we would do is make sure that we ask God, God, what do you want me to achieve for you? in 2018. And I said that I had never asked that question before because I already knew a lot of things that I was not doing. So therefore, I could just choose one and say, well, this I know is God because I know I'm not doing this like I should. So therefore, uh, I'll just do this. But I had never said, God, what do you want me to do for you in 2018? That's a whole different ball game. It really is. And I said you can also uh, ask him, would he do one thing for you? Uh, and, and that's nothing wrong with that. But once you ask him, leave it alone. Let's don't concentrate on that. Regardless of what it is, uh, just concentrate on what he wants you to do for him. Now, you know God's going to answer that question. He's going to answer that, that prayer request. There's no way in the world God's not going to tell you something that he wants you to do for him. It's just not going to happen. He's going to do that. And I said that while you are seeking him, and I told people, don't be in a hurry. I was talking to my, uh, some people in my life. Don't, don't be in a hurry to uh, just pick one thing that you think God is saying. Really, 2018 is a long time. So, and, and we said that most people who uh, make resolutions, it's about 50% of the people uh, make resolutions. About 80% of them, uh, uh, they have stopped or failed by Valentine's Day, which is mid mid February. So it's no hurry to find out. I said, why are you why are you waiting on God? This is what I want you to do. I want you to listen to some of the things God has given me that I believe that He's saying. These are things that will prevent me from blessing you the way I want to bless you. Not from blessing you now, but blessing you the way I want to bless you. And you remember I, I gave the example of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, how God really blessed them. And, and you can say, yeah, he blessed them. For 40 years he blessed them. Uh, he, he blessed them because their feet didn't swell, their clothes didn't give out. He gave them food. He gave them water. Uh, he, he, just, he, he was just a blessing to them. He opened up the Red Sea for them. He, he, he was just a blessing to them. But they were not blessed like God want, wanted to bless them. Otherwise, they were going into the promised land earlier. Uh, it's just one of those things. As a matter of fact, he said that he was not pleased with that generation. And so, therefore, uh, the generation, the one that was 20 years and older, they died in the wilderness because they weren't pleasing in his sight. Uh, so I tell you, God has blessings for you that you can't believe. I mean, you can't believe. As a matter of fact, the, the, the word tells us that, that uh, he can do abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's what he tells us. And so I, I, I say I want those blessings that I can't even think of. If he can bless us far beyond all we could ask or think. Now, we can think of a lot of blessings. We can think of a lot of blessings. 
But he says, I can do abundantly above all that. Means I, I can call you to super abound in those things. Blessings. I said, wow. And so I gave us two things. I gave us one thing yes, last week. And that one thing, if you remember correctly, was that uh, God says if, you, if we have an untamed tongue, it'll keep him from blessing us the way he wants us. And I gave us two examples of untamed tongue. I said that, and James tells us that, uh, he said, brothers, do not speak against one another. That's what he said. And that to me was something very, very, very hard to read and say, okay, I'm going to have to try to do this. That's very hard. Not to speak against one another. It comes... It be- It's natural, it's natural for people to speak against somebody at some period of time. It's natural. But he says, don't do it. Don't do it. And I gave you a second example. I said that uh, in the scripture, it tells us that, uh, I said, said, this is is really, really weird. In the scripture, uh, he's telling us that, uh, he, he doesn't want us to do these things. Uh, I said, God, if you don't want us to do all these things, then I don't know how I'm going to do it. I just don't know how, how, how I'm going to do it. I just don't know. Uh, uh, so I said, well, God, will you help me? Will you help me? Now, I know that as I've been praying, uh, it's hard for me to even tell you. It's hard for it to come out of my lips. You know, uh, the, the area uh, where he says, I don't want you to enjoy gossip. I don't even want you to enjoy gossip. And, and all of us can say, I don't enjoy gossip. But see, we don't call it gossip. We don't. We really don't. Uh, let's 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 call it what we normally call it. Most of us don't. Uh, we we enjoy learning news about people. That, that's a, that's a better way to say it. We 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 enjoy news. Uh, guess what happened to such and such such. Did you hear that? No, what? I'm not going to tell you. That's all right. I'm I'm not going to tell you. It's our flesh. We want to hear news. And usually it's not good news. It's just news. News. And so he's telling me, I don't want you to even entertain news about people. Because if you hear something negative, and that's what the news usually is, something negative, what happens is that you should pray and labor in prayer over that person because you feel so bad about that thing. And I said last week, I don't want to be praying any more for people than I already have to pray for. I got so many people to pray for. What in the world do I want to hear about Joe Blow way over here, something happened to him, I don't have nothing to do with him, don't have nothing, I don't see him, I don't, you know, I just, no, uh-uh, no, don't even tell me. Don't tell me about anything that's going on. So I gave you those two examples. I know God is dealing with me on those things, and it's a possibility he might be dealing with you. It's a possibility. Now, I haven't heard yet the one thing that God wants me to do for him. Okay? But I'm teaching just things that will prevent him from blessing me and us the way he wants to. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. And it's in Scripture now. It's in Scripture. And these are things that we all do at some point in time. 
in our life. We do that. And he says, it prevents me from blessing you the way that I want to. That might be one of the things God wants you to do in 2018 for him. Don't entertain news about people. Doesn't it sound good? News about people. Bad news. Don't, don't entertain it. Okay? And please don't give it. That's a no-no. Don't give it. Okay? Now, this week is another thing that's, that's pretty hard. And he says, this will prevent me from blessing you the way I want to bless you. Okay, Lord. You sure you want me to give that? Yep, yep, give it, give it, give it. Okay. Now, this one thing, I'm going to go to, well, let me tell you about, introduce it to you by telling you about biblical tax collectors. Now, biblical tax collectors in the New Testament, now, in the New Testament, they were, they had a hard problem. They had a hard problem. Okay? Uh, they, they, they were working for the Roman government, and no one likes probably oppressive government who's going to try to get money out of you. Nobody probably likes that. And uh, if you've had any occasion to deal with them, they are very unreasonable when it comes to money that you owe them. And, and so I know that they can be very, very, very hard on you because I've experienced it. And so uh, this is what was going on in the New Testament. The Roman government was oppressive, and they had tax collectors to uh, get taxes for their government. And the Jews disliked the, the tax collectors who were, of course, publicans who were, who were, who were Jews. Because they considered them traitors. Traitors. How dare you work for the Roman government and they are very oppressive. They are our enemies. Why would you do that? Not only did the, the, the publicans or the tax collectors do that, but they also collected more taxes than they had to collect. They were, they were stealing from people. They were, they were taking money that, that they didn't have to collect and then they wouldn't turn it in. They were skimming off the top and so tax collectors were usually uh, a little bit well off. Okay? Because they did these things. Now, you know you're going to hate a tax collector if they're your brother and they're extorting money out of you and giving it to an oppressive government. Okay, well, that's what was going on. Now, we're going to go to Luke 19. Let's go there, please. <coughs> In Luke 19, we're going to talk about one particular one. We're going to talk about a person called Zacchaeus who had a heart problem. Now, Zacchaeus, in verse 1, it says, He entered Jericho, this is talking about Jesus, and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Now, chief tax collector is more than just a tax collector. He was over the tax collectors. And so, not only was he extorting money, but they said that, and he was rich. Okay? So I want you to picture this now. Here's, here's rich Zacchaeus. Now, it says Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable to because of the crowd. For he was small in stature. So he ran. Now, this was interesting. Here's a rich man running ahead of the crowd so he can see Jesus. 
Not only did he run ahead, and you can't picture somebody that's rich wanting to see somebody, number one, because man, they are rich. What, what they need to see Jesus for? But he climbs a tree. It says that, that he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree, which grew about 30 to 40 feet, in order to see him. For he was about to pass by that way. Now, can you imagine that now? Here's somebody rich. Here's Jesus passing through the crowds all around because you can't see him. You got all the money that you need, and you start taking off running. And then you, you see a tree, and you climb up this tree. And you know, if, if you're short, you probably have short limbs also. And how are you going to climb up this tree if you're short and you got short arms? He climbs up this tree. He must have wanted something bad. He must want to see Jesus bad. And so when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus didn't announce himself. Hey, I'm Zacchaeus, and I'm going to run ahead, climb a tree, and when you come by, call my name. No, Jesus knew his name just like he knew Nathaniel's anybody else's name. Um, he, he has the Holy Spirit in, us, in him, so he knew. Hey, he, he's Zacchaeus. So he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now, now, now you just imagine this now. Jews hate publicans, tax collectors. There are Jews that are extorting from them. This man is a chief tax collector. He's rich. There are many priests in Jericho that he could have gone to their house. Here he is going to a sinner's house, a tax collector's house. And who do you think going to be at his house but tax collectors, other sinners, other tax collectors? And Jesus says, Harry, and come down for today I must stay at your house. Today, I must stay at your house. Harry, and come down. Now, Zacchaeus could have said, look, you don't know who I am. Yes, I'm Zacchaeus, but I'm rich. I don't hurry to come down. I come down, but I'm not going to hurry to come down. But he says that, and he hurried, verse 6, and he hurried and came down and received him gladly. I said, whoo, my goodness gracious. And can you imagine what he's thinking? Sometimes people are in a situation. They don't want to be in this situation. But they want to be important or want to be, you know, whatever the situation it is. Sometimes people grow up poor and they get an opportunity to, to make some money and sometimes it's not the right thing to do, but they do it. It's a lot of different reasons why people are doing things that they shouldn't do. They know they shouldn't do it, but they don't have a way out. Prostitution was one of them sometimes. You know, sometimes you must, you must think, well, she's a prostitute. Sometimes people were prostitutes because they had no other way to make a living and they said that this is, I, I, they hate it, but it, Rahab was one of them. She got an opportunity, and she got out of that situation. Well, here's, a, here's an opportunity I believe that Zacchaeus had, and he wanted to get out of this situation. And it says that, verse 7, when they saw it, speaking of the people that were, that was with Jesus at the time, they all, come on, they all began to grumble, saying, he has gone, didn't say he's going, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. This is all I'm saying. Now, 
Let's go to the last three verses here. Zacchaeus stopped. I don't know when he stopped, but I know that Jesus had gone to be a guest at his house. And if, if Jesus said, I must stay at your house today, then obviously he had to stay in his house today. Somewhere during that day, it says Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, when I uh, was going to teach today, I asked a question of the Lord. God, this subject matter that you want me to teach on, which is giving, Y'all haven't thrown anything up here yet? Okay. Which is given. And I said, Lord, what is going to make a difference? Because I've taught on this before. Many people have taught on it. They know all the scriptures on it. And what's going to change? What's going to change? Why waste the time? Because that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to teach. Just like it would be other the message that you teach. You let me be responsible for what happens after it's taught. I said, well, well God, there's got to be another way to do this thing because uh, I need to know what's going to make a difference because I don't want to just teach people. Give me something that's going to change people because people need changing. And so when, when I got this scripture here, the question is, what changed Zacchaeus? What changed Zacchaeus? The rich man, the rich, you know, you remember the rich young, young ruler? He didn't get changed. Right? I mean, he had an encounter with Jesus. He didn't get changed. So, why did Zacchaeus get changed? And so, I said, God, I, I need to know this thing. I need to know this thing. The first thing is that Zacchaeus humbled himself. He was humble. If you remember the story of the... the young ruler who had many possessions. He went away sorrowful when Jesus said, sell all your, all your possessions and give to the poor. But this man, I believe, was very arrogant and proud because he was asking a question he already knew. What must I do to have eternal life? Well, you know, uh, Jesus said, well, do, do the commandments. You know what? Don't, don't steal. Don't, don't do all this. Oh, I've done that just for my youth. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, okay. Okay. Zacchaeus wasn't like that. Zacchaeus was rich. Zacchaeus was short of stature. Zacchaeus ran ahead. He wanted to see Jesus. Zacchaeus climbed a tree. Rich man, rich man, rich man. You know, all his, his little uh, uh, tax collectors that, that, that passed by said, Is that Zacchaeus? And that, because he was over them. He was over them. Well, what would what would happen, you know, Angela, if the people that you're over in the bank saw you, you know, running and climbing a tree, and you over these people? They said, "Is that Miss? Is that Miss Johnson? She's gone off, you know. <laughs> Call the wagon on her, you know." <coughs> so. <coughs> Zacchaeus humbles himself. So I, I, I said, 
okay, humility is a, is, is a, is a, is a key. Okay? It's a key. It's a key. I said, okay, God, what else is it? I must touch them. I must change their heart. Oh. Somewhere along the way, between the time he stayed at his house and or when the time they, they left to go to his house or whenever it was, I don't know when it was, but I know that Zacchaeus said this, he had to be changed. God is saying there must be a change in our thinking. There must be. If there's no change in your mind, your heart that is, mind, will, emotions, if there's no change in that, there's not going to be a change of behavior. There's not. And, and, and I don't care how, he could have, he could have, Jesus could have chased the young, young ruler down and said, hey, please, look, hey, did I, did I say something that, that was offensive to you? Well, don't, you don't have to give it all. Give three-fourths of it, you know. He still wouldn't have done it. It's got to be a change of heart. God has to touch you. He has to touch you. You see, I said that he had a heart problem. Another person had a heart problem was Judas Iscariot. You know, he had a heart problem. Here, here, here he was stealing from the treasurer of the Lord Jesus. He was a disciple. This man was, was casting out demons, healing the sick. He was doing all those things because he was sent out with tools just like everybody else. Jesus washed his feet just like he washed everybody else. He was stealing. He had a heart problem. So I said, okay, God. Okay, God. I see, I see what you're saying here. Let me, let me, let me, let's go to uh, Luke 12. Let's go there, verse 13, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scripture here that I think is very important. Uh, let's start in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide, divide the family inheritance with me. But he said, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? Now, listen to what he says. Then he says to them, Beware, that's the people all around him, Beware and be on your guard. And that, that, that beware is like in the present tense, you know, that, 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 that meaning that present imperative, which means that I want you to keep being on your guard against every kind of greed. I want you to keep being aware, keep being on your guard against every kind of greed. Now the King James said covetousness. That's what, that's what the King James said, covetousness. And that means that I want you to be on your guard against the desire to have more. A desire to have more. See, see Zacchaeus and, and the tax collectors, they had a desire to have more, so they, they didn't want to just get paid because they were going to get paid, but they wanted more. So they had that the opportunity was to let's take more taxes. Let's don't turn it in, skim off the top, and then we're going to have more. Judas, he wanted more. God says, I don't want you to want more. Be on your guard against that because that's a ploy of the devil. I said, whoo, my goodness gracious. That's interesting. Now, it's not going to matter if I tell you in Matthew 6, 24, uh, you, you can go there, Matthew 6, 24, when it says, you cannot serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and wealth. And the King James said mammon, but the, the, but the, the, the uh, Greek rendering of that is materialism. Materialism. Wanting more. Gathering more. God told us in, in the word, I want you to use the world. I want you to use the world, but don't overuse it. 
Don't overuse it. Man, it is so much in this world that we can want. And, and the, 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 nice, nothing evil, anything like that. But it will keep you making payments. It will keep you. Yeah, come on now. You know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, especially if we don't have delayed gratification. You know, we just, uh, if you like clothes, clothes, they would say, come on, they have some beautiful clothes. Beautiful clothes out there. And you know, just as well as I know, if you're, if you're a woman, you can't buy an outfit and don't have shoes to go with it. You just don't. You just got to have the shoes to go with it. And you got to stay in style. You can, I had to give away my double-breasted suits because I said, I said, these are nice. Ain't nothing wrong with them. I have them gained weight. I can still wear the thing. I have to get rid of them. Get rid of them. They got a little flare to the legs, but it's all right. It's all right. The flare will come back. It'll come back. Sometimes I see some of my past students that I used to teach and coach at class. They say, yeah, coach, I remember when you used to be on the sideline of the, over glass and you had on your leisure suit. See, some of you people, young people, don't even know what a leisure suit is. <coughs> I'm serious. <coughs> leisure suit was nice. I had, a, I had, I had, you know, quite a few leisure suits of different colors. You know, uh, I thought I was pretty cool, and and. I, I still can wear my leisure suit because that'll have them gain weight. But I, I tell you, you I just you all say, what is his problem? He is back in the seventies with leisure suits. Would y'all be upset if I wore a leisure suit? Yeah. So I'm, I'm telling you that things can have you. Because you got to, you you have to, you just have to uh, keep up with the style. So, you, in other words, you got to buy clothes. You got to buy clothes. And you, houses, cars, uh, gadgets. You know, you just can't. It, people laugh at people if they still have a flip phone. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a flip phone. Yeah. Uh, but they're not in style. We could still have an overhead projector down here with transparency. We could still have that. There's nothing wrong with transparency. But it's just out of style, isn't it? It's out of style. So you have video projectors. And, and so it's a lot of things that take your money, isn't it? So God says, I, I, I don't want you to serve Try to serve God and mammon because you can't do it. Materialism. You just can't do it. Okay? Because God says, what I'm looking for is your heart. And he says, where your treasure is, finish it for me, please. There your heart is also. I can say all I want to that I have a heart for God, like David did, I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. I just don't give to it. Come on. There's no way. There's no way. Now, I put on the back of your bulletin there some scriptures that, you know, you, you've, you've, you've heard them uh, before. Like, will a man rob God? But you're robbing me. And, and it's no need to go over it. I'm not going over it. Uh, because people will say, oh, that's the Old Testament. That's the law. We're under grace. Okay. I understand. So I put there Luke 11:42, where it says, Woe to you Pharisees, for you pay tithes of mint and, and ruin and every kind of God and herb and yet disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things 
you should have done without neglecting the others. He could have easily said, look, the kingdom of God is not, not about tithes and offerings. The kingdom of God is about love. The kingdom of God is about justice. He didn't say that, did he? You say, well, well, well see, he was still under the law. He had no problem telling people about the kingdom of heaven. He had no problem. Whether, whether they say, well, uh, yes, Moses said this, but that was because of, the, uh, of, of your heart. But I say this. So he had no problem telling people what the truth was, what the kingdom of God was about. So he could have either settled the issue, couldn't he? He could have settled the issue. So why didn't he? You know, uh, uh, there's so many promises in the Bible about that, and I put in the Corinthians about, about how he says that, you know, uh, if you sow abundantly, you reap abundantly, all those kind of things. And people say, well, I, I sow abundantly because I sow, I sow as much as I can sow because I shouldn't sow anything because I don't have enough to make it as it is. <laughs> so why in the world do I want to sow? Abundantly. So I think abundantly. I, I, I mean, hey, I give what I give, and that's, that's more than I, I, I need that. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. Let's go to one in um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. And he says that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lead to your own understanding, because that's what we do sometimes. It says that, let's go down to verse 9. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit, from the first of all your produce. He's saying, I want you to glorify the Lord with your wealth. Glorify the God with your possessions. Glorify the God with what you have. Glorify him. Be heavy towards him. Be rich towards him. That's what honor means. That's it. Hebrew, that's my fault. So shall your bonds be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. Now, he can give all those things he wants to, but I'm telling you, if he hasn't changed your heart, you can forget it. You can forget it. So I said, okay, God, what I'm going to do is share a little bit about a stingy person. Just a little bit. It's not y'all, but it's me. And and see, it's a lady by the name of Mrs. Tucker. We were in a uh, they call it a business, but eh, it's called Amway. We were in that way back in the it might have been the seventies, something like that. So somewhere. Seven or eight is all. It was a long time ago. But anyway, we, we were, and they were in business with us. But anyway, she told Minerva, hey, do you tie? Because she found out we were going to church. And Minerva said, what? No, we don't tie. Well, you're robbing God. And Minerva came back home, and she was so upset that she was robbing God. Because she, see, she, Minerva loved God. And, and, um, and so she said, uh, can we give a tenth? I said, what? That's a tenth. We can't even make it off all of it. How you want to give a tenth? And I'm working, I'm working, I'm coaching, I'm teaching job ed, and I'm trying to make all this money, and you're talking about give something to the church? The church don't even need it. Yeah. No, we're giving to God. God doesn't need it. Yeah. Okay, so so anyway, she said, if I can, if I can find a way to tie and uh, you still eat. Is that okay? Well, that'll be okay. Cause see, I love to eat. Is that so she said. She said, you you still be to eat. I said, okay, all right, okay. So this is a appetite of, of, a, of a person worse than Zacchaeus now. Cause I, I was I was a stingy person. Okay, 
And so I start then learning the word of God in church. Uh, but it went right over my head because I didn't want to hear it. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I didn't want to hear it. Uh, uh, so I said, we tithe. I'm not giving anything else. But see, my, 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 my thinking, God hadn't changed my thinking. I was just being, I love my wife, so I said, well, I'll do it for her. But my thinking hadn't changed. I was still a stingy person. So I said, well, I'm giving. That's all, that's all that matters. I'm giving. That's all that matters. And then I got mad with the pastor for some reason. Some reason he wasn't doing what I thought he ought to do. So I said, well, I'm going to stop giving. I'll teach you. you know? And now, I know you all have never had that mentality. But that was my mentality. Because I was given only because I never, and I thought he ought to appreciate me doing that. So, and in a way, I was given to the church. And Minerva said, We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't stop tithing. I said, Well, I'm going to stop tithing until you start doing what I think he ought to do. So, what, what does that have to do with anything? You're given to God. I said, Well, I gave it to the church. And so, if I gave it to the church, the pastor's using it. I don't think he's doing what he's supposed to do. So therefore, I'm going to stop giving. Well, God taught me during that time that I withdrew my tithe that never do anything like that because you're not given to uh, or the church. You're not given to the pastor. You're not given to you. You're given to him because he's the one said in the word to give. Not the church building, not the people who is called the church, not the pastor. You are hurting yourself. It would be ridiculous for you to think you're going to run track and then say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. You're not going to run no track. So, so I said, well, so I found out later on that not only is it wrapped up in obedience to God, but it's also wrapped up in protection. Because he said in Malachi that he would rebuke the devour for them. And if, if we're in the New Testament on the grace, how much more will he rebuke the devour for our sake? So I said, well, man, I was so crazy. Why would I do something like that? So you can't pay me enough to not tithe. Now, you, I mean, you know, because I, I, I don't, matter of fact, when we put, when we give our check, we put it down there for, for, for the, where it says memo, tied to God, offerings to God. It's not going to the, the, this building, it's not going to you, it's not going to me is not going to anybody but to God. Because God is the one who told me to give. God is the one who can protect me. You can't protect me. I can't protect myself. So I'm giving to God. Now I've learned that since then, but it's only been because God has touched my heart. Only. By the grace of God, that's the only reason why I changed. Only reason. Then something came up uh, in, in uh, sometimes you give but in your mind there are strings attached to what you give. You don't know it but it is. So you expect certain things. And so one time, this another pastor now, one time a person told me, well, you can't have a life group. I can't have a life group. And I'm thinking, man, I give all this money, and you're going to tell me I can't have a life group? Now, I'm saying this to myself now. But now, I got sense enough to know that I don't withdraw my tithes and offerings. 
But still, in my mind, I'm thinking, I can't believe this dude. As much as I give, he's going to tell me that I can't have a life group. If I left, then what is he going to have? You know how sometimes our mind is just not right. So I'm telling you, my mind was not, still wasn't right. It still wasn't right. God's working on it now, but it still was not right. And so later on I learned that God told me, look, whatever you give, you give it to me with no attached, no expectation of anybody doing anything for you. You just give it to me. Let me decide whether you have a life group, whether you have whatever, whatever it is. I said, okay. This is between me and you. I said, okay. All right. So I learned that. Then uh, <laughs> The other lesson I learned was that I was in, in Manor Church at a conference, and this speaker, you all might know who he might have been or at the time. I think he's deceased now. Peter Wagner. Is he, he's deceased, isn't he? Okay. And he was at Manor Church, and he says that my goal is to give 50% of my income for the work of God. I said, what? Man, he was, uh, he was older. I said, this man got gray hair. He's old. He's senile. There's uh, something wrong with this man. And then God started teaching me, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you have a goal to give as much as possible to my work because there are so many people that have need throughout the world. Whether they don't have clean water, whether they don't have food, whether they don't have the proper shelter, the proper medical attention. The, the, I mean, there's it, so many people that, that have need in this country, in foreign countries. And I said, well, well, they ought to serve God, and then they'll, they'll have it in these foreign countries. No, 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 no. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to give my work because what I'm trying to do is bless people, and it's going to go up for thanksgiving to me, and what's going to happen is that more souls going to come in because these ministries that are out doing these things, they are preaching the gospel, and you're not preaching the gospel in these foreign countries. Somebody got to go. I'm sending missionaries out somewhere, so they need support, so you need to give to the missionary work of the poor. I said, wow, man. So why wouldn't you give 50% of your income? I said, well, wow. I said, well, I need, I need enough to live on. I do. He said, well, fine. So I, I started coming up with this thing. See how much I can give and still live. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he expects you to eat, to have, you know, shelter, to be able to take care of your, your own and things like that. So I said, okay. Now, that's a, that's a, that, that is far from where Willie Taylor started. Far from where I started. But that's the, that's the philosophy I have now. I want to see how much I can give to the work of God and still live. So that means that I have to, when it comes to purchasing things, I have to decide, wait a minute, I have a need here, but if I purchase this beautiful thing, what I want to purchase, I won't have enough to give like God wants me to give. I want to be ready to give when God says, give $2,000 over here. Give a thousand over here. I can't do it if all my money is tied up. You see what I'm saying? So I said, okay. 
And you said, yes, yes, sir. Then you talk, you, you know, you're talking about something. You live over in the, in the most expensive neighborhood in Lynchburg. Live over in Pickland area, in the Boothville area. Huh. Let me tell you. We got that house for a price that you, you say, what? How did you get that from there? Because God did it. Because we had given something. We, people don't sell stuff and then give, because we, I'm, I'm telling you something now. We, 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 we sold a house, the house we built, which I love. We sold it. And what we sold it for and made from it, we gave the same percentage that we had been given before with anything. That's unheard of. Matter of fact, uh, the person said, I said, you know what? I can't even buy a house now. I didn't. I couldn't. I, I, I sold a house, had plenty of money, but I gave at the same percentage, and I gave off the gross because I always give off the gross. I give off the gross. I don't give off the net. And, and, and so it came to so much, I didn't have enough to, 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 to buy a house. So I had to rent a house. And then God gave me an opportunity to get this house. Because I was going to rent the house from Walter Muller, who, who used to live in the house. He was our worship leader <laughs> at one particular time. Walter and Cabin Muller, they, they lived in the house. And uh, I said, hey, Walter, can, can, I, uh, can, 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 I, can I rent this house? He said, let's don't talk about renting. Let's talk about buying. And, and, uh, and by that time, I had so much uh, money coming in from my, uh, what do they call this thing, sick days. You know, when you accumulate sick days in, in the school system, they'll pay you for those sick days. Uh, because I couldn't take six days in the longer because uh, I couldn't lie in the longer because I did my life of Christ. And they say, <coughs> I'm sick today. You know, I can't come here. You know, uh, so uh, I, I accumulated a lot of them. So I had enough of a down payment on, on a home. And, and, and Walt said, I give you this, I give you this thing uh, for this much. And the, and the realtor was, I said, I said, can I? Stay in it. I said, can I stay in it before it closed and everything? He said, yeah. The real said, man, you want everything. You, you want to steal a man's house and it was for little no money, you know? No. He, he needed to get rid of his house um, because he was in Alabama. And so anyway, uh, we got the house for little or nothing. And I'm telling you, God blessed us. And I said, whoo, this is cool. This is cool. And, and, and I'm, I'm just telling you that I don't care what I tell you. I don't care what you read. I don't care anything. It's not going to matter, not one heel of being, if you don't ask God, God, change my heart. Change my heart in this area now. Because my heart was right on another area. Your heart is right in a lot of areas. But maybe in this area or the area from last week or whatever area it is, you, you need to say, God, change my heart in this area. And you need to start at that time because, see, if you, if, if you already, already pay minute up above your eyes, then you got to get rid of some payment until you can really start giving the way you want to give. You see? And, and so that's what, that's what I tell people to do. If you can't tie now, don't worry about it. You know, do this right here. Start progressively giving until you get to that point. Every time you pay something off, don't get something else. You know, give that to God. And, and tell God, God, my desire is to be obedient to your word. I want to. I want to give abundantly. I want to be a blessing to your kingdom. I don't want to. I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about you know the alarm system. I'm not talking about the 
soundboard. I'm not talking about missionaries. I'm talking about God. You tell God, God, I want to be a blessing to wherever you tell me to give the money. That's what I want to be to do. I want to be a, a, a person that, that I have a saving account, God, just for giving. Some people have a saving account just for giving. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some people do. Just for giving. And I said, okay, I'll obey. That's great. That's great. That's what I want. That's what I want. And so that's what he asked me to share with you today is that not to be going over a whole bunch of scriptures, you know, because uh, I put one on, on, the, on, the, on the sheet back there about the woman at Zarephath, how God told Elijah, I have commanded a widow. Didn't he say that? I have commanded a widow to provide for you in Zarephath. Zarephath. I, I, let me see. That was ungodly. So, so Elijah went there, hey, uh, make me a cake. Give me some water and make me a cake and bring it to him. Oh, it's for the Lord your God live. I don't have enough. I just all I got to do is make it. You know, I got a little oil, a little meal to make it for my child. And man, we're going to die. That's fine. Do what you said you're going to do. But first make me one first. Make me one first. See, what did, what, what, what did Proverbs say? Honor the Lord, if you will, in the first of your produce. The first. God is a God of first. If you said it, God, you're the most important thing in my life, then God should be the one to get it first. Not after you have done everything you want to, after you done took out your uh, IRA, and now you done took out this and your health insurance and everything else, and then the government, not, the government going to take the tip off the top. They, the government getting the gross. They're they getting 10% of the gross. You can, you can say, hey, I don't have, take it out after, take, take your 10% after I get what is left. No, the government taking the tip off the top. So God says, I'm not going to take it from you. All I'm going to do is ask you to give it to me because you love me. Because we have a covenant. Because all that I have is yours. All you have is mine. So we're in this thing together. So I said, and so when the widow woman did it, did the oil give her out? No. Did the, did the little meal that she had a handful of meal, did they give out? No. How long did it last? Three years. Three years. Because the family was three and a half years. He was at the brook cherub for about six months and he was a cinnamon. Three years. The cruise, that little, the little bit of oil to make one little cake and eat it and die, one little piece of flour, that's all they had. It went for three years. Is God able? But see, she had to have trust in what the man of God said. Because the man of God said, you do this, and God says that the oil not going to fail. It's not going to be exhausted until I send rain on the land. Three years. Three years. But I can tell you all that, but if God hasn't touched your heart today, and let me tell you something, young people, because we have a lot of liberal students here, y'all are young people, you don't have a job yet, uh, that's good, okay? Uh, but one day you're going to have one. One day, you, because that's why you're going to school. Start off tithing. First, before anybody get anything, give off the gross. Don't give off your net. Give off your gross because God gave you the gross. Didn't he? And the net comes in when you take your health insurance out, when you take your social security out, when you take your, you know, your 513, when you take all that stuff out. Then, that's the net. Give off your gross. And I tell you what, if you do that, start off when you first, we started with our children like that when they were, they were small, when they got, got a job as teenagers, they, 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 they got a tie. They start understanding that that is the way that, that that's what God says, that's what we do. Because God is the one we depend upon for everything. So the first job they have, they've been doing that for, for ever since they were teenagers. You see? Okay, so 
if you start doing that now, teen, you know, uh, the young people, some of you 19, 18, 22, however, however old you are, make sure when you get a job, do that, and you'll never, never, ever regret it. Never, ever. And, and if you haven't started doing that, then start where you are and start progressively doing this. You say, ha, 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 I know what, what you, yeah, the church needs money. Let me tell you something. God told you what to do and told me what to do. Didn't he? It's not about this church because you're going to have to do this whether this church makes it or whether this church don't. The word of God is going to stand forever. You see? So it's not about us. It's about you. God is trying to bless you. He's trying to bless me. So I'm just telling you, this is something that you can do. And that's what God's given me to say, okay, uh, if people will ask me to touch their heart, I'll do it. So let's close the day with a prayer. While the worship team is coming up. Father, we are closing out the service with corporate prayer over the whole body. First of all, thanking you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy you've had upon me and others like me who you touched earlier and they are faithful with their tithe. They are faithful with their offerings. They are faithful given to the poor, given to missionary work. They are faithful, Lord. Whether they are here or whether they are not here, they give because of their faithfulness to you. Thank you for that, Lord, that you have worked that in our hearts. You touched us, Lord. Now we're asking, Lord, that you touch others. That's never been touched before, Lord. Some are tied sometimes. Every now and then, some will give sometimes. They just don't tie. They just give sometimes. God, touch their heart like you touched Zacchaeus. Touch their heart that they too, Father, will change. That you may be glorified. That you may be honored. Because it's you, Lord, who saved our souls. It's you who gave your only begotten son. You gave your only begotten son. You didn't withhold any good thing from us, Lord. You gave your best. You gave your all. You gave it to us, Lord, when we were yet sinners, Lord. You did that, Lord. And you have given us a place with you eternally in heaven to be with you. Lord, the least we can do is say that our little money that the world thinks so much of, we say, we don't think that much of it. We need a little to live, but we, we're going to exercise temperance and we're going to make sure we have to give, to give, to give. We'll use the world, but we're not going to overuse the world because we want to give to the work of God. Souls need to be saved. Just like our soul is saved, souls need to be saved. People need to be helped. And so therefore, Lord, we ask you to touch us, Lord. Touch us in such a way that we'll change. And we'll never be the same again. And we'll say like Zacchaeus says, this day I'll give back anything I've stolen. Matter of fact, I'll give four times as much if I've stolen the fraud from anybody. I'll give it back. Lord, you have people to say, this day, Lord, you touch me and I'm going to start tithing. And if I can't tithe, I'm going to start progressively giving more and more to get to it because it's not about the church. It's not about Willie Taylor. It's not about any needs that they have. It's not about uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a building. It's about my covenant with you and what you have done for me and my soul and those, uh, the, the prayers I send up to you for my life, for my health, 
for my children's health. It's about that. And I say, Lord, touch me that I may be able to yield to your work and save other souls. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.